0: I'd like to say a huge thank you to Schwarzkopf for supporting this episode of Grazia Beauty Life Lessons. With 125 years in the hair industry, Schwarzkopf is one of the best known names in the business. Did you know that Schwarzkopf not only invented the first liquid shampoo, but also the first hairspray? Talk about a legacy. Combining quality ingredients, impeccable craftsmanship, and the latest color and styling technology, it is Schwarzkopf's mission to inspire and enable people everywhere to tell their own hair story through products that speak to your identity, let you reinvent yourself, and inspire you to share your hair story. This year, Schwarzkopf are opening up the iconic Schwarzkopf head logo to give a glimpse into the women that use Schwarzkopf, inviting them to share their unique hair stories and the impact their hair has on their identity and confidence.
1: So the relationship I have with my hair right now is fabulous.
0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of Beauty Life Lessons from Grazia with me, Annie Bisher. Today’s guest is India Cardona, a highly regarded digital creative widely known by her Instagram handle The India Edit. India’s style and luxury offering in the fashion, beauty, travel and wellness space have earned her a loyal following, and you can’t beat her feed for a daily dose of inspiration. In this episode, India reveals her makeup non-negotiable. That I literally just go from my eyelashes up to my
1: eyebrows with my mascara as well. And that is kind of what I use, my brow gel. Discusses the product she always travels with. I'm such a blusher girl, cannot live without it. Lip and cheek color, like my number one desert island product.
0: And talks about the scent that whisks her away to warmer climes.
1: As soon as I smell that fragrance, I feel like I'm just transported to being on holiday. I don't use it in the winter, but as soon as summer hits, it is just heaven.
0: So thank you so much for joining me, India. I'm so excited to talk all things beauty with you. Thank you
1: so much for having me. I'm so excited to be joining you. I've been listening to the podcast for a while now, probably since it started. So very excited to be here.
0: Oh, great. A genuine fan. So you know the deal. And you know that we always start off each episode by talking about um, our guests' beauty vibe in general. When it comes to beauty, when it comes to makeup, skincare, perfume, everything, are you quite disciplined with your product? Do you kind of sift through it quite often or do you accumulate it quite quickly and then think, oh God, it's got out of control. I need to have a sort through.
1: I think I used to be more disciplined, and then when I got into the world of content creation and being so lucky to be sent so many things, it has really gotten out of control. And I try to be sorted, disciplined, and you know, when friends come over, family, I'm always trying to pass things on um, and share the love. But yeah, it's a little bit out of control, so. I'd like to think that I'm disciplined, but um, my, my makeup and skincare shelves would definitely say otherwise.
0: You're very much on my wavelength. So we, we, yeah, we're definitely the same in that respect. So no excuses needed whatsoever. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I can imagine that yours is even more of an extreme situation. Um, but having said that, I'm definitely loyal to products as well, but we can get into that a little bit more.
0: Absolutely. Well, speaking of products that you're loyal to, let's start off with your first category, which is makeup. I'm dying to hear about A, your makeup essentials, those products that are always in your makeup bag, come what may, any new discoveries you've made along the way. And also the the kind of biggest makeup learning or lesson that you think people should know that you have to t- teach people.
1: Yeah, definitely. So makeup I've always loved. I feel like I don't really have extremes on either side, as in I don't really change how I do my makeup depending on the occasion. Like I'm just pretty straightforward and thorough with my routine, whether it's just like throwing it on for a day with friends or going to like a black tie event, I pretty much keep my routine consistent. Having said that, I don't think it's that high maintenance either. And there are some products in my makeup bag that I've literally been using for like 15 years or from whenever I first started wearing makeup. I still use the same mascara and powder and things like that. So as I said before, definitely very loyal to some products in particular. I have pretty oily skin, which has its benefits. Um, Like my mum and grandma's, they look amazing for their ages, but I also am quite kind of acne prone as well. So from a makeup perspective, I'm always trying to get more of like a matte look because the glow comes quite naturally, which is obviously great, but also it can be a bit much sometimes. Um, I think in terms of advice, I'm going to talk a little bit about Makeup and mascara and things because there was one piece of advice that I've always stood by, um, which is doing your bottom lash mascara first. But like I always used to do my top lash mascara, and then you know, you get mascara all over your eyelids, etc. So now I do the bottom first, and that is actually a real game changer. Um, and mascara wise, I swear by the L'Oreal waterproof million volume lashes. I've literally been using it since day one. And I have this theory unproven. So, you know, I was going to say, don't quote me on that, but I'm literally on a podcast talking about makeup. So you can quote me, <laughs> but I am convinced that waterproof mascaras kind of keep your eyelashes in place. So I am religious about using an eyelash curler. I absolutely love the Kevin or Coin one. I think that that is like, the best in the biz. And I can't understand why people don't use eyelash curlers. They literally change everything for me. <laughs> so the combo of Kevin or Coyne and then going in with a waterproof mascara. And I feel like my eyelashes just really don't droop. Whereas if I use like a regular mascara, non-waterproof, then they just kind of fall down. So sometimes I'll go in with another layer. Like if I've got a special event, I'll chuck on another non-waterproof mascara, but those I really do swear by.
0: I do love an eyelash color, but I'm not great at using them. I almost get a bit claustrophobic with them. You know, when you clamp and you're like, Oh, I'm stuck. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I know what you mean. This one I've heard that it's quite like, it's a bigger one. So it's like quite good for like, I've never really had any pinching issues with it, which I know you do have. Or you know, you're at risk of with others. I remember I used to like do my makeup in the car, do a tube, and my mum would always be like, please don't like curl your eyelashes in the car. Like you're going to poke your eye out. Um, but, you know, can't live without it. And I'm actually so lazy with my makeup routine that I literally just go from my eyelashes up to my eyebrows with my mascara as well. And that is kind of what I use, my brow gel and brow color. Um, it's just the mascara as well. <laughs>
0: Wait, what, you use your mascara as your brow gel? Yeah, I do. Wow. I've never heard of this before and you don't find it too pigmented. No,
1: I don't know whether, like, I do think that L'Oreal one's pretty light and definitely when I've used others, like it is a bit much, but that one, I think because the wand is pretty thin, I literally go up the eyelashes and then straight onto the brows. It's like number one lazy girl move and probably not something I should confess to. Um, But here we are.
0: My mind is blown. I love that. And you have to talk me through, you mentioned those other products that you've been using for like six or seven years. What are they? Yes, definitely.
1: So Bare Minerals, that was a brand that I got into from the beginning. Um, I think my mum used it. So I did too. And I love that. I always use that, you know, they had that like loose powder foundation. That was like their number one product, you know, when I was 18, they since have brought out a pressed powder version. So after I do concealer, I just go in with the Bare Minerals um, pressed powder. And I just love the finish that it gives, as I said, much more on kind of the matte side. So I feel like that gives me like the matte and coverage that I want. There are some products that have kind of penetrated my makeup bag. And one is the Ilia Serum Concealer. I am obsessed with. It's just goes on so beautifully. The finish is gorgeous. It's really nice and pigmented, but also kind of super hydrating as well. So really love that. Bronzer wise, I did also use that amazing Bare Minerals Warmth. That was in my makeup bag for some time. I will say it has been upgraded to um, a Chanel bronzer now, but still really love a powder bronzer. I do sometimes mix in a cream now, like the Merit bronzing stick that's amazing um and then I'll put powder on top sometimes and I've always 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 been a blusher girl I think I had the matte fleur power blusher which is like a very pigmented pink honestly for about 12 years um but again we have we have upgraded now um so I love I do actually love like a cheek balm like a lip lip to cheek um, Merit one, again, is amazing. There's one called At Grey, which is like a really deep berry. It looks kind of intimidating and terrifying. It's like a dark, dark purple, but when it goes on, it's amazing. And I think it was about a year ago, year and a half, maybe Chanel brought out this number one line and they have these amazing lip cheek balms and there's a color called vital beige. I've no idea why it's called that because it's literally not beige at all. Again, a really gorgeous berry, but I think because it's a balm, like it gives you that glow as well. Um, so those I love, I'm such a blusher girl, cannot live without it. Lip and cheek color, like my number one desert island product. And whenever I have my makeup done, I'm always like, you know, can we have more blush? Yet? Can we have more? And they're like, really? Um, but I think I just don't look alive without it. Um, and then, lips wise, for the last however many years since Glossier existed, I've been obsessed with the color cake. Um, it's just the best kind of peachy, pinky nude. And um, yeah, that would be another desert island product for
0: me. Gorgeous. And I have to ask you what you're wearing on your lips right now, because, guys, you can't see India, but she's got this beautiful kind of berry, almost mauvey shade of lipstick. It's not quite right to call it a deep berry, it's more mauvey, I will say. But I, I've been staring at it for the past 10 minutes. What are you wearing?
1: Oh, you're so sweet. I've actually layered on. Um, so there, so Glossier brought out a new line of lip colors. I think it was earlier this year or last year called G Soup. Um, and I'm wearing the color Lane. Um, and then I did actually put Glossier Cake on top. because so I was like, I don't think this is quite right. Like I need, I need cake. Um, so I would say it's probably more cake, but there is like a slightly more solid color underneath, um, which is that other one Lane.
0: And just like that, my shopping list grows ever longer. <laughs> I blame you. you know, every time I listen to this podcast, I'm like,
1: okay, I need to get that. I need to get that. Um, but yeah, you won't regret those two. I always have <laughs> four different lip products in my handbag. I think I have those too. And then I often have like a Chanel Rouge Coco Balm, you know, they're like tinted lip balms. They're amazing. And recently I've also had the um, Hayley Beaver Road Balm in my bag as well. And I think it's like the peptide lip treatment or something. Um, And yeah, I just can't live without lip color.
0: Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. And um, segueing onto skincare, we've touched on it already in terms of you said you're like me, you know, prone to the odd bout of acne, but have this kind of beautiful natural dewiness. So what what's your top piece of skincare advice for everybody? And also, obviously, we have to get into your go to products.
1: Yes, for sure. I do really feel like a lot of my skin skin health comes from within, which is like such an annoying tip, but that would probably be my biggest piece of advice. Like I know that when I'm eating differently and have more sugar and less water and doing, you know, all the naughty things that are fun in life, my skin suffers as a result. So I do try to, as much as I can, like drink plenty of water I have celery juice a couple of times a week. I'm trying to get back into lemon water in the mornings. And I just know that that has such correlation and like dairy, sugar, etc. It's so boring, um, but it is true. And of course, I have products that I turn to and love, but it's like a preventative I'd rather prevent things from happening rather than like treat them afterwards. Prevention rather than cure. I think that's what I'm trying to say. But I also think, you know, very cliche, always wear SPF. Like I I think back in the day when SPF was in products, I think even that bare minerals powder had like a 15 SPF. And that was what I use as my SPF, which in powder form, it's really just not going to do anything. Um, But now I do wear SPF religiously. I absolutely love the Beauty Pie one because it's like a primer as well. That one's amazing. Um, And I do love a bit of retinol. I'm 30 now. I think I've been using it for the last couple of years. And Medicaid does an amazing one. I was recommended by a facialist to start on their kind of lower percentage. And then my skin gets used to it, go up. As we've discussed, I am prone to some spots. So I am a big fan of those dots for spots. So I just chuck those all over my face as well. And I feel like they also just help me to not like pick or touch them. And actually, if I'm going to take a gym class in the morning or I'm doing a workout at home, I'll often just keep them on as well, just so I don't end up like touching my face, etc. So dots for spots are great. I feel like I need to get them on some kind of Amazon subscription. I adore the La Roche-Posay Effaclar Duo Plus. Just think it's such a great product. It does so many things. It's got like hydration and also salicylic acid. So it really helps with preventing breakouts as well. Um, so that is an amazing product. And then there are like some tools and things that I really love as well. So I don't know if you've come across the Skinny Confidential Ice Roller. That is an amazing product. So it's like hot ping, quite industrial in its size, I would say. I don't recommend putting it in the freezer. If you put it in the freezer you, you know, it gets so icy, the kind of metal roller section that it's quite painful and has kind of stuck to my skin before. So don't do that. I've made that mistake, but what I would recommend keep it in the fridge. And then when you want to use it, just get a couple of ice cubes and just kind of rest it on the ice cubes for a bit. I've seen people like, on holidays put it on like a champagne ice bucket and things like that but it does make such a difference and so if I want like a bit of a glow or I'm a bit puffy etc I'm a bit hungover that it's like a godsend so highly recommend that as a tool
0: that has to be the bougiest holiday skincare hack I've ever heard take your take your ice roller to the beach and put it in your champagne bucket I love that
1: I feel like... I can't remember if I took it with me on honeymoon.
0: I actually think I, I
1: didn't take it with me on honeymoon. But when we were staying... I, I recently got married and we stayed in a hotel across our wedding weekend. And I was literally like, um, can I please get a champagne bucket at like 8am? And it, I was like, it's not, it's not for champagne. Just for my ice rollers. But it is a game changer. I feel like on your wedding day, you can really get away with anything.
0: <laughs> I love that.
1: <laughs> so that's amazing. And I also adore the Sarah Chapman 3D Moisture Infusion Sheet Masks. They are unbelievable. My sister-in-law, she works in the health and wellness world. And she was like, that is a facial in a packet. And it really is. And so like any special events, always use that. And if you go in with the ice roller as well, it's just like a dreamy, dreamy combination. So I really cannot recommend that enough. And I swear every time I use it, people are like, you are radiant. And I'm like, I know where it's come from <laughs> you can buy it too
0: I love that it's absolutely essential and it is such a cult classic buy as well I do endorse them myself and highly recommend they do get the job done
1: they really do don't they
0: and we'll be back right after this little aside on Schwarzkopf a craftsman with 125 years of expertise in hair leave it to Schwarzkopf to deliver colour and styling products that make way for reinvention In the spotlight today is Schwarzkopf's Olio Intense range, their first oil-based at-home hair colour. Infused with caring oils, you can rely on the Olio Intense lineup to nourish your hair as it colours and leaves your lengths gleaming with radiant shine. Now with new haptic system, which creates micro-bonds and strengthens the hair structure for up to 90% less hair breakage, the beautiful hair results you can see and feel. So whether you're toying with an all-out revamp or refreshing your signature look, head to schwartzkop.co.uk to find your perfect Schwartzkop Oleo Intense Shade. And moving on to nails. Talk to me about nails. Um, I feel people have so many different things to say about nails. What, First of all, what's your kind of go-to nail look, your go-to manicure, and are you a salon only nail devotee or is it all about DIY?
1: Continue on the kind of oily theme. I have like really oily nail beds and I have discovered this because regular nail polish, even gel nail polish, basically just pops off my nails and it makes the whole thing so frustrating because I love having my nails done. But Luckily, I'm sure many people have discussed it on this podcast, but I've discovered Biab, which is like builder in a bottle. It's like builder gel. And for some reason that just works so much better for me. I'm also super guilty of like picking my nails, not the not the cuticles, but like the nail polish. And so if, I, if a little bit's peeling off, the whole thing's got to go basically. <laughs> um, so that's definitely one of my worst habits. Um, but I absolutely love Biab. I go for supernatural nails. I pretty much a hundred percent of the time just do what I what I've learned is called an American French, which is like a slightly more subtle French. So instead of using a really bright white, they use a creamier white on the tips. Um, they also do a layer of nude on top. So it makes it look super, super natural. I love the color, the buy up color number 19. Um, and then I do funny bunny tips, like a really thin kind of micro French tip. And then we do put it in neutral on top. And I have an amazing lady who comes to my house. I've literally got all of my friends hooked on her as well. So she comes around, which is amazing because it just saves so much time. And she's such fun as she did like my announce my wedding did basically all of my bridesmaids. Um, and pretty much every time we go for the same thing. <laughs>
0: I love that. And I'm right in thinking that Funny Bunny and Put It In Neutral are OPI gel shades, aren't they? They are, exactly. So we do the biab base and then we do the OPI gels. I love an American French. And I don't think many people know it by that, or at least know it by that name, but it is that kind of subtle take on a French manicure. So you're not getting those tip white tips and it's exactly. so wearable, but you get the definition on those tips. And obviously I love a micro French. Yeah.
1: It's just so chic. And I feel like French manicures can get a bit of a bad rep, but now I feel like they're coming back. And sometimes I'll do like a little heart on my thumbs or something like that. Um, for my engagement party, I had like my Mrs. Cardona, which was my new name, which happened to fit perfectly across her nails. Um, so I feel like you can, you can jazz it up a little bit if you fancy. Um, but it's, it's a good fail safe. I love that. And what did you have on your wedding day? I had this exact combo, literally. <laughs> Number 19, funny, let's put it in neutral. Yeah, I was like, I'm not going to veer away from from the classic. It works as well because when it grows out, it still looks pretty good. Like right now, I can show you, but like two weeks growth. Oh yeah, grows, so nice. Still, It still looks pretty good. What did you go for on your wedding day?
0: Oh, I so I had the insanely wonderful Iram Shelton doing my nails. Um, she Amazing. came over to the venue and we just sat for a couple of hours and it was so nice because it was two hours out of the kind of you know the big buzz of everything Mm -hmm. getting done to just sit and you can't do anything when you're having your nails done obviously um what did I have it was all API gel I always have bubble bath um and I think it ended up being mixed with lovers in the bear which I tend to always have as well. That's my kind of signature mix is bubble bath, either on its own if I'm feeling quite kind of bright and, um, or mixed with Lovers in the Bear. Amazing. I, love, I do think people are curating their own kind of um, gel prescriptions, you know, coming into a salon fully armed with like the list of the mix they want. I think that's quite a thing.
1: Definitely. I think especially after the whole Hailey B. and she, you know, had that whole mixture going on. So people are probably growing there their confidence when it comes to requesting different combos. Definitely. It gets so precise. I love it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if my if my mind curious does something different, I'm like, um, what's going on? Like, have we have you put something different on top? And I'm like, why did why did you veer off course like that? Um so yeah, becoming
0: very particular. <laughs> we are creatures of habit, clearly. And speaking of signatures, talk to me about fragrance. Do you have any fragrance tips? But I always feel, I do feel the most interesting side of this category is what's your signature scent? What do you always wear?
1: So in terms of tips, someone once said to kind of spray it in your hair, which I think is a great tip because it holds it really well. I love, I often love actually quite a unisex scent. So sometimes like my husband steals my Sense, I still his etc. Um, one that we both love, which he has kind of adopted his, his own, as his own now, um, is the Hermes Basil, which is honestly unbelievable. I, it's like very intoxicating, so that I absolutely adore. I fell in love with. Um, I was lucky to go away with Chanel Beauty at the end of last year because they had this incredible exhibition happening in Paris, which was all around fragrances. I wish that I could tell everyone to go because it was one of the most amazing things I've ever experienced. Um, and it was, open I went to, to that
0: too. Did you? I yeah, guess. Such a wonderland. And I told everybody to go, cause I think it was there until the end of January. I think yeah, I went in December. Exactly it was, I had no idea. It was like a wonderland. And then this is excruciating for everybody listening. I know, cause it's not there. If you ever hear of Chanel putting on an exhibition anywhere in Paris, just go <laughs> because they go hard. Exactly. So I, I, I actually went
1: on the strip and then I took my mum and my sister because I was like, you just have to experience this. Um, but during that exhibition, which really showed kind of every single Chanel fragrance in all its glory across many different amazing rooms, I just, discovered um their their most premium line is the les exclusives line probably pronouncing it completely wrong there at the exhibition I discovered this amazing fragrance called eau de cologne which is like the most gorgeous fresh citrusy very kind of springy scent, and I got married in spring, and so that's my wedding scent. Um, and it's it's really heavenly. I highly recommend going spritzing yourself if you're ever near a Chanel canter. Um, so that's like my special occasion fr- um fragrance on a similar vein. Chanel also have a very light, fresh range called Les Eaux de Chanel, and all of those are really gorgeous. I think they've got about six in the line. Again, I think I really like very fresh light fragrances, you're probably getting the theme from like the citrus, the basil, etc. Um, so those are all amazing and I kind of douse myself in those. I have them kind of dotted around my house. So wherever I am leaving from, I can just Myself. myself. Um, I also really love um, Diptyque Ilio, which I think means island. I may have made that up, but that's really the kind of feeling that it evokes. As soon as I smell that fragrance, I feel like I'm just transported to being on holiday. I don't use it in the winter, but as soon as summer hits, it is just heaven. So that one I really love. I feel like they bring out different labels for the bottle each year. Like last year, it was kind of Beachy theme this year. It's the sun, so that's a really lovely scent. And then I also adore my final final pick is um, the fragrance line firm which is like E R N. Um, and they do one fragrance in limited edition per season, and they're really beautiful. I think they're all made in Somerset. Their branding and everything is gorgeous. They've got the most beautiful little shop on um, a street in Soho. I can't remember whether it's Berwick Street, Brewer Street, one of those broadwick maybe i feel like there's a lot of names of streets in soho that sound the (laughs) same. yeah it's it's just really gorgeous and also often quite fresh and i just love how they do one per season each year because i feel like then each fragrance really evokes a feeling of that season um
0: so those are my favorite i love that you've got a full-on scent wardrobe and i have to say the biggest thing i've learned about you so far is you're an absolute scent connoisseur i love this
1: I definitely never used to be, I feel like a few years ago, someone asked what my favorite scent was. And I think I'd just been using Coco Mademoiselle for about 10 years, but it's definitely something that, I've got older. Um, I've really lent into.
0: And it's interesting, I mean, I'm with you on so many of those scents, especially the Leso collection, but you know, you're known for your feed and your aesthetics, so kind of airy um, and beautiful. And I do feel those scents really echo that, which is gorgeous. Oh,
1: that's so sweet of you. Thank you. Um, Yeah, definitely like fresh, light things for sure.
0: Um, and, you know, kind of following on, because I do feel that fragrance is part of self care, um, something sensorial. What does self care mean to you and how do you put that into practice in your kind of daily life? So I feel like I do live a pretty hectic
1: life. There are some self care non negotiables that I always really turn to and kind of going back to health, kind of coming from within. I feel like those self care elements are such important parts of my life. So I religiously meditate every day. I did a meditation course a few years ago, maybe even longer than that. Um, and I meditate daily, try to do it twice a day. doesn't all happen, but I love meditating. So I do that like 20 minutes in the morning, sometimes in the evening too. And I also love Pilates. I've been doing Pilates for years and years. Um, I had a big accident about 12 years ago, broke my pelvis long story. Um, but I've, I've never really been into like super high intensity stuff. Like I don't do running, etc. So Pilates has always been like my go-to. And I feel like that sort of slower movement really suits me, especially because my life is more, I mean, you know, most of our lives are kind of hundred miles an hour. So having those Two parts of my day. I mean, I don't do Pilates every single day. Um, but having those moments where I can slow down again, I feel like makes such a big difference. And I've always felt like so much about like skin and glow is also down to like confidence and how you're feeling, you know, people that are super like radiant because of their personalities and how they come across, like they just have a physical glow about them as well. And I think those two things definitely help me be like my best self. I I would love to say that I go to bed really early and have, you know, an amazing evening routine, which I try to do. I have an aura ring, which is like kind of like an Apple watch. And in my head, I go to sleep at like 10, 1030. Every few months you get like a seasonal trends report. And it's like your average bedtime is 1130. And I was like, what? Like been lying to myself. Um, So I'm trying trying to bring that a bit earlier, but those two things definitely helped to revive me and make me feel my best.
0: I'm so impressed that you meditate for that long every day. It's something I, I you know, I've never obviously embarked on a course like you have, but it's something I've never been able, my, my mind is so busy and it, it must've been so hard to start that.
1: Yeah. I think there's definitely like a preconception that I had as well, which was that in meditation, your mind should be quiet because it's definitely not like the meditation that I do, it's called Vedic or like transcendental meditation. And you basically get given a mantra on the course, which is like a meaningless sound, two syllables, three syllables. And you just repeat that in your head. But I'm definitely thinking as well. And you know, I'm coming up with a to-do list, think about what I need to do that day, what I'm going to wear, et cetera. But because you have that mantra to come back to, like when your mind does veer off, it kind of brings you back. It's interesting. They said in the course that either you're like resting or releasing when you're meditating. And in my morning meditation, I think because I've just rested, like I do it when I wake up, it's very thought-filled and it doesn't feel, you know, how you think meditation would feel, which is like reaching a point of bliss and enlightenment, etc. Um, but that evening one, if I do the evening one, after probably about 10 minutes, I often do get into a very blissful state. I think because I've obviously had the whole day and I need rest at that point. Um, and that one always feels better, but it's one that I procrastinate from more often. Um, but that one I think feels more like how we all think meditation should feel. Whereas the morning it's definitely full of thoughts. Um, but the evening one, it it literally feels like plugging in your batteries. Like I've had a crazy day and I know that I'm going to an event that evening. It's something that I have to have to do. And often I'll like, I'm so guilty of this, so bad, but I'll just pay for a taxi to go somewhere so that I can meditate. So I'm like, I've literally paid 20 quid to meditate. Um, But it's that that game changing for me.
0: Amazing. So it's quite portable. You know, you don't need a quiet room. You can just do that anywhere. I mean, ideally it is quiet.
1: Um, So I'll often just ask the taxi driver to like turn off. Off the radio. Um, but no, done it on the zoo, done it everywhere. Um, I think I've even done it in the pub. I've done it in like the loos of of Soho House once because I was going I'd been like at a work event all day and then had to go for a work dinner. And I was like, I just don't think I can do this. So I just went and locked myself in the toilet for about 20 minutes, which I probably shouldn't admit. Um, but there you go.
0: No, I love that. And you've inspired me completely. I will oh, give it yeah. a go and see what I can do. I'm definitely with you on Pilates. Maybe I can do it while I do Pilates.
1: <laughs> and I think, you know, you, you don't have to start with 20 minutes. You can start with three minutes, five minutes, etc. cetera. Um, but definitely don't feel, don't, don't let thinking put you off because at worst, I always feel like it's just time away from staring at a phone or like being stimulated in another way, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been very calming just speaking about it, I have to say. So thank you for that. (laughs) Um, And just to shake things up at the end, um, as you know, as a devout Grazia Beauty Life Lessons listener, um, we always ask our guests right at the end whether um, there are any specific beauty blunders that spring to mind or regularly inspire a cringe or a laugh. Do you have anything? So I was trying to think
1: back and
0: I actually don't think I've made... Huge, huge beauty
1: errors in the past. I feel like I managed to escape some in my young years, apart from the cliche, comb overs, etc. Um, but I did make a beauty blunder at our engagement party um last year. We had a wonderful photographer shooting on film, and I was getting ready before the party, put SPF on, you know, like a well-behaved beauty addict and all of the flash photos came back with me looking like a ghost. Um, And apparently that was because of the SPF. So luckily we got some other ones before it it was dark, but I would definitely recommend that if you're getting ready for an event, try to avoid SPF. I definitely don't condone not using it every day, obviously. Um, But if it's about to be dark anyway, and there is going to be a lot of flash going on, I think it's it's probably not worth the risk so long as you use it 99% of the time.
0: Yes, I do think that if it's totally dark and you've got no worry from, you know, that kind of those UV rays, then yeah, forego that SPF just in case it flashes back. Most of them I would say are quite good, but... Um, yeah, maybe, maybe. (laughs) I think it was
1: the film. I think the flash was just more intense because I definitely shoot with flash.
0: Oh, well, well, thank you so much for joining me India. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and I've learned so much, um, lots of product recommendations. Like I said, you've added to my shopping list no end. So thank you so much. Well, it's been such a joy to chat to
1: you. Could chat to you literally all day. So thank you so much (laughs) for having me. And yeah, I feel like maybe
0: people need a pen and paper when they listen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Definitely grab a pen and paper, guys. Get that list going. Get Take those notes. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beauty Life Lessons from Grazia with me, Annie Visher. Please keep listening for more episodes and listen back to previous episodes for some amazing guests sharing their top beauty tips. And don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. It really does make the difference to people finding us. See you next time. And thanks again to Schwarzkopf for supporting this episode. With 125 years in the hair industry, they want to inspire and enable you to unleash the power of hair to tell your story. Take Schwarzkopf's Keratin Hairspray, for example. A stronghold spray that not only delivers unbeatable hold, it's an updo essential but boosts your hair's shine with every wear too. Then the Schwarzkopf's Vitamin B5 Hairspray, a go-to for volume and lift. And Schwarzkopf's Ceramide Hairspray, which provides the perfect balance between strength and suppleness. Talk about multitaskers. I am proud of my hair and I'm proud of myself.